This is a regular meeting of the Abatement Appeals Board. Uh, I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you are not speaking. Also, um, for members of the public, the public comment call-in number is 1-415-655-0001. The access code is 2485-579-9398. Also, um, would one of the commissioners read the um, land acknowledgement once um, we're ready for that? Okay, and the first on the uh, first item on the agenda is roll call. Uh, President Tam. Present. Vice President uh, Epler. Present. Uh, Commissioner Alexander Toot is excused. Commissioner Vito. Here. Commissioner Newman. And Commissioner Summer. Here. And we have a quorum. The next item, or can I have the land acknowledgement? Thank you. Okay. The Abatement Appeals Board acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish Ohlone community by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you, Commissioner Summer. Now the next item is item B findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E, discussion and possible action. The board will discuss and possibly adopt a resolution setting forth findings required under Assembly Bill 361 that would allow the AAB to hold meetings or for commissioners to attend meetings when necessary remotely according to the modified Brown Act teleconferencing set forth in AB 361. I is move there to adopt the uh, findings. Second. There's a, a motion to adopt the findings by uh, President Tam and the second by Commissioner Beto. All in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, the motion is approved. Is any are any opposed? No. Okay, the motion is unanimous. Unanimous. Thank you. And the next item on the agenda is item C, a continued appeals order of abatement, a case number six nine zero five for address two one nine five Green Street. Um. The department will uh, present its case first. Is this mic on? 
don't think his mic is on. The mic's not on. Up. Oh, try now. Try again. Um, uh, you hear me? Yes, I think that's better. Okay. So I'll, I'll start again. Uh, John Henshin, Acting Chief, Billy Inspector, presenting the continued appeal case for court enforcement regarding 2195 Green Street. Uh, this case was continued from May 18 of this year. Uh, it relates to a 10-unit condominium building uh, the notice of violation was issued 421 of 21, and it relates to unoccupied roof in use as a roof deck with furniture and plants. This roof is located on a four-story building, and there is no compliant guardrails, and there's a parapet 30 inches approximately above grade. A uh, director's hearing took place on October 6th of last year, and an order of abatement was issued uh, requiring the property owner to obtain permits to comply with the notice of violation and complete and final within 30 days. There is no permit uh, to comply with the violation, so we recommend that you uphold the order of abatement and impose assessment of costs. That concludes the report, and I am available for any questions. Thank you. Do the commissioners have any questions? Or no? So, so next it'll be the appellant, and the appellant will have seven minutes. Okay. The appellant will present their case at this time. Seven minutes. For seven minutes. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Niall Vignole, and I'm an attorney representing Pamela Wiggett the owner of the roof deck that the department has improperly found to be a nuisance that must be abated. Ms. Wiggett has owned the penthouse and roof deck. Uh, she's here today somewhere just having troubles getting upstairs, so we'll call her soon. Um, you, as the voting board members, have the power to reverse an order of abatement. This is a situation where overturning the action of the department is completely warranted and logical. Given that the roof deck use has been in existence for over 40 years, and the department bases its action on its inability to locate documents from 40 years ago when the roof deck use was first, well, it was allowed uh, after the renovations. It had already been used as a roof deck. Um, <clears throat> Ms. Wiggett's roof deck pent room with windows and doors out onto the roof, was built uh, in 1981 pursuant to permits. But in 1981, DBI was regularly throwing away its paperwork. It admits that on its website. It's uh, been noted in court decisions. Um, the director's representative based his issuance of the order of abatement on the blatantly false statement that the department has all the records. Um, a prior ruling already found that the department did not track records accurately before 1983 with the institution of electronic record keeping. <clears throat> the 
The department approved the tiling of the roof deck in 1981. The department inspected the high-end tiling for the roof deck before it issued its CFC for the pent room and roof deck construction in 1981. <clears throat> the pent room and roof deck were allowed because the department approved the newly built fire escape as the second means of egress or the roof, the entire area. Months after the CFC issued in 1981, the department approved the construction of a greenhouse roof deck that was to be built on the roof deck. Um, so the department has issued permits for the roof deck. The use has continued for 40 years. Um, this position that the roof deck has been in existence has been supported by Superior Court rulings regarding litigation, regarding the tiling, which was too heavy at the time. Um, so we are looking for a permit to just to replace the, the walking surface up on the roof deck. Uh, the department, at the time, no guardrail was required when we built it in 1981, uh, apparently. Uh, the department is now saying that a guardrail is required we don't really object <laughs> to, to putting on a guardrail, but we do object to an order of abatement issuing on this. Um, and certainly based on the statements that no permit was, had been located or unearthed when, uh, when they sought it. Uh, we argue that a permit already exists for the roof deck use. If the department wants to come back now and say, well, a guardrail is required, we're, we're okay with that. Um, but that doesn't make the current use a nuisance that needs to be abated. We ask that you overturn this order of abatement at a minimum. I would field questions if there were, if you felt you should modify uh, the order of abatement, um, and really it would be the underlying NOV um, that says, you know, that, that it's of some consequence that they failed to unearth a building permit, um, and that use of the roof right now needs, uh, as a roof deck, needs to cease. It has been a roof deck the roof deck has been used for 40 years continuously. It shouldn't have to cease right now when it has been used without incident except for some uh, water leaks regarding the weight of tile. Um, thank you. I'm available for questions, of course. Uh, I, I would have asked Ms. Wiggett to speak, but <laughs> she has not made her way up yet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, my apologies. I was supposed to read uh, the action requested by the appellant um, in item C. Uh, appellant appeals the November 5th, 2021 order of abatement regarding an unauthorized roof deck. Appellant contends that the roof deck was inspected and approved in 1980 and 1981, and the order was therefore issued in error and should be reversed at its May 18, 2022 meeting, the board voted to continue this matter 
to its June meeting to allow it time to review uh, written materials that the appellant submitted. Um, at this time, we'll take public comment um, from the anyone that's in the house. I just not making public comment. There was just a letter that was sent. I'm not sure if you received it, so I just want to offer it. Okay. Thank you. Can I read this? We cover all of this. Okay. Thank you. Is there any public comment virtual? Three minutes. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. You can you can come up. And let me set the clock for three minutes. Just one second. Good morning, Mr. President, and uh, just, members. Just one second. I'm going to set your timer for three minutes, if you don't mind. I don't. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm. Okay, it says one minute. I can't speak that quickly. I know. I'm sorry. Trying to reset it. Okay. Mr. President and members of the Abatement Appeals Board. Can you speak into the mic, please? I can. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to start by uh, just looking at the uh, first page of the staff report. Um, outstanding violations, yes. Life safety hazard unsafe, result order of abatement. Uh, that's really it in a nutshell. I'd like to direct the board's attention to the photographs at the end of the um, appellant submittal uh, because there's some very interesting details to uh, call out here. Uh, the first thing, if you look at um, uh, this one, which shows the north doors from inside the pent room, and you'll notice just outside of it um, some small railings uh, in, a, in a tight square. That is an air shaft, and it, uh, it's covered by a thin piece of plastic, and there is a three-foot, or I'm sorry, three-story sheer drop to the bottom of that. That piece of plastic is not load-bearing. Um, if you look, uh, and if you look at the night photo here, you see it more or less as it is now with the railing missing. Um, I believe it, it's been missing the entire time that I've owned my property, which is uh, going on 10 years. Um, I believe that it is still dismounted because the wood around it is too rotten to take a screw, frankly. And it presents a hazard obviously, because if anybody were to sit on it and fall backwards, or somebody were to bump into it, or people were playing, or a child were to crawl on top of it, that thing would collapse, and you would fall to the bottom of the shaft. Um, that does fall very neatly under inadequate guardrails, but the hazards are much deeper. The other thing I'd like to draw your attention to is, again, the photograph here of the north doors from the inside, and then the other photograph of the small child of the, and the doors on the west side. The interesting thing about these doors is that they open outward onto the roof, but they do not appear in any plans. They are not referenced in any permits. And the permitting history of just the project of the conversion ran for years. But these doors show up nowhere. 
Nowhere in the permits, nowhere in the plans. The existing doors, the door to enter the, the, um, the pent room shows up clearly with a little arc on the drawing to show where the door is. The door at the back of the pent room shows up clearly, but not these doors. So I'd like you to think about. Sir, can you wrap up your comments, please? I will. I'd like you to, to imagine what these, uh, what this would have been like if the doors actually didn't exist there at the time uh, the, um, um, the certificate of occupancy was granted. The person inspecting the tile would have seen a tile roof, not, not, not a roof deck, not an occupied roof, just a, a, a roof with tile on it. The person inspecting the second means of egress required by the permit for a small sleeping room with a limited number of people would have measured the distance from out the front door, out the fire door, turn left, and to the ladder Sir. That, is, that is pictured there. Did you want to say your name for the record? Yes, Scott Maines. I own the property just underneath the northwest corner. Okay. And um, uh, I am available for further questions. I would encourage you to ask them. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Was there a per, uh, public comment virtually? Okay, thank you. Um, at this time, we'll have a rebuttal from the department, and you have three minutes. Uh, just two quick points. Um, so there was a permit filed in December 26 of 2013 for new roof pavers uh, wood over pedestal system. So that permit to me acknowledges that there was some work done at the roof. That permit did not get issued, so the work referred to uh, has not been inspected. And then furthermore, if you look at the appellant's brief, page five, and you go to the third paragraph down, there's a kind of a timeline uh, in or about 1985 HOA discovered leaks under the roof deck patio. Then it mentions uh, from 95 to 2003, uh, trial regarding the leaks and the weight of the roof deck pavers. And then it mentions the Supreme Court determined that although the HOA could remove the previously approved pavers from the roof, if they caused leaks, uh, the court also ruled that the HOA has the duty to reinstall the roof deck paving system. And then at the end, it mentions um, continued to use the roof as a roof patio uh, during the litigation and following the court order removal of the tile from the roof deck. So when I read all of that, what comes to mind is um, when those pavers were removed, if they were, uh, was the plywood um, needing to be removed to see where the, lake, uh, the leak was? Um, was there dry rot to the framing due to the leak? And if so, obviously there is no permit for that work. There is no inspection of the framing. Um, you could have an unsafe condition there uh, with dry rot. That, um, so the point I'm making is we need a permit of some kind uh, that deals with uh, the need of a guardrail, um, concerns about dry rot, 
we need a permit of some kind. And as that goes through the system, it may answer a lot of questions. That concludes my comments. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, does the appellant have a rebuttal at this time? You'll have three minutes. Monique, you want to reset the timer? Oh, thank you. She'll have three minutes. Seems to fall no one turned off. You ready? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Niall Vignol again. I would just like to make a few comments regarding the rebuttal, and then I'll ask Miss Wiggett to speak after she catches her breath. Um, so, permits were issued for the roof deck. It was used as a roof deck. The tile was removed because of leaks. But there, there was new uh, roofing put on. Presumably, the department uh, inspected the new roofing, you know, the roof surface when it got put on. Um, but I, I will leave that to a, a, different, uh, a different time. Um, there's only, there's one reason why we're here today is because one neighbor is complaining, saying that there was no roof deck. Uh, they, they misled the department when the person was the head of the HOA and seeking a new permit, uh, sort of seeking a new permit, trying to uh, obstruct a permit. Um, but it, it's clear that the department views the roof deck as a roof deck in 1981 and continuing on. That there were some leaks with the tile doesn't take away from the approval of the roof as a roof deck. Um, that was stated again in 1997 when, when a permit was approved for reinstalling roof deck tiling um, because it had to come out because of the leaks. So, this is a continuous roof deck use uh, of Ms. Wiggett, who has just come in. Can you have one minute left? To well, my, my name is Kelly London. I'm, oh, sorry, I'm Pamela sorry. Wiggett's sister. She, oh, we, no, then, I'm sorry. You missed, sorry, you missed our public comment period. Thank you. Okay, so we'll have commissioner uh, questions and comments. I'd like to open this up to my fellow commissioners if they have any questions for us. I do actually have a lot of questions myself, um, and thank you all for, for presenting your, your case. I don't, yeah, it's on. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'd like to open it up to, to my fellow you? commissioners. Commissioner Newman. I would like some clarity on what the actual uh, abatement would be. Would it be the uh, guardrails and an inspection of the existing tile on the roof? Uh, yeah, it would deal with the guardrail and any other aspects. Uh, the, the main focus is the guardrail. Okay. And then what is the assessment cost for the abatement? Uh, the assessment cost is $2,116.26, and that covers all of the staff time up to this point. Commissioner Epley. Um, sure, I have I have a couple of questions. Uh, first, for the department, um, you know, there's there's a a the contention that there is a missing permit, and the records that the department has are not complete. The department has said that its records for this project are complete. Um, can you explain, you know, what gives the department confidence that its records are complete in this case? Um, in the staff report. It, it restates uh, the, the language in the notice of violation, and down towards the end, it says, search of city records failed to unearth a building permit. Now, the inspector was very uh, charitable there in that statement because he was not saying there are no records. He was saying that in his search, it failed to unearth records, along the possibility uh, for the property owner to, if they have found records that we were unaware of, uh, we would be happy to, to look at those. Okay. Um, question uh, for the appellant, quickly, on, on this same topic. Um, we understand that you can't make copies of copyrighted records, but there's a well-known practice of going in and taking notes from these records. Have you physically seen um, or gone to search for the permit in the DBI records? Yes, we've gone and searched the, yeah. for the records, and they don't, the, the DBI would give us the permit if they had the permit. They just won't give us architectural drawings. Um, right, so, but the bigger point is that the department was regularly throwing away documents from the period, and the only documents we received in response to our Public Records Act were 80 pages from a four-year, four-permit uh, uh, renovation of a 10-unit building, four stories tall. That's all the department had. But what we have is a record afterwards of roof deck, roof deck on various permits that were approved. And, and, and since you mentioned the roof deck, there is in 1981 a quote-unquote new patio or a platform that was added. Why, you know, there's, so we have certainly a, what is a permitted space, and then we have the rest of the space, which, you know, we don't have the, the permit for. What was the purpose at that time for permitting a new platform, new patio or new, or a platform structure? 
that if you go up to the the roof deck level of that building the staircase splits one goes up to the pent room the other split is a fire escape to the roof so the fire escape to the roof uh, sits about a foot and a half taller than the roof so what was done was they put a little patio roof deck up about a foot and a half high so anybody who was coming up uh, to escape a fire had a place to congregate outside the uh, fire escape door. The rest of the roof has been given, was deeded to the pent room as an exclusive use occupancy of the roof deck. And, and you mentioned uh, in your beginning comments that um, you would be willing to um, go ahead and add the safety guards and provisions that, that had been mentioned um, as being necessary for a compliant, in today's term, roof deck. Um, if that's in the fact the case, then, you know, that moots the, the situation. What is it that, you know, to be clear for us that you're seeking here if that's really not an issue? Well, the, if we're willing to do it is one thing. Whether the building is a nuisance that needs to be abated without it is another question because it's been in continuous use for 40 years as a roof deck and approved or inspected by the department numerous times and approved as a roof deck so that the order of abatement is improper. The basis for it is being can't unearth permits is, is not a basis for finding that the roof deck is, the roof deck use is improper. Um, you know, without getting too far in the weeds, th this whole thing is requiring Ms. Wiggett to sue the HOA to put the guardrails on. Um, and it, it, you, you've seen that there's 15 years of litigation between them, and it, it still continues. All right, thank you. That's all for me right now. Thank you, Commissioner Epler. Commissioner Summers? Hello, thank you. Oh, there we go. Um, so my understanding of the, the, the issue in question is whether or not this area is, is allowed to be used or was permitted to be used as a roof deck, occupiable roof deck. They're really, I know we're talking about um, whose deck it is and guardrails and other items regarding the deck, but the issue at hand for this board, I believe, is whether or not it was permitted to be a roof deck. Or n is, that, is that correct? I don't know who I'm asking this to. Mr. Porianda or, or DBI? Department. Thank you. Well, there, there are two parts. And that's one part that you've just described, but the other part and the part that concerns me most is the guardrail. If somebody goes up to that roof right now and they migrate towards the edge, uh, they can fall off. They don't, they don't have protection. But, but the order of abatement itself, was it, was it not just, was it regarding the, it, uh, it, the, the city, my understanding, there are lots of non-compliant guardrails in this city. And, and, I don't, you know, I don't know what the purview is of being able to just try to, you know, apply a current code requirement to an existing deck. 
However, um, I thought we were talking more about is it a deck or is it not a deck? So what I'll do now is I'll read the full language that notice of violation yep. that was written on April 25, 21, okay. which includes the box marked as unsafe building. Got it, okay. And so the language is, in its completeness, a complaint has been filed with this department regarding a potentially hazardous condition at the above location. Unoccupied roof is used as a roof deck with furniture and plants. The roof is located on a four-story building and there is no code-compliant guardrails. Parapet approximately 30 inches above the roof. A search of city records failed to unearth a building permit for the roof deck building permit and it refers to a permit filed to install new roof pavers but not issued. Use of roof as occupied deck is prohibited until roof deck per, uh, permit is approved. So it's referring to a permit that was filed that was never issued, and it refers to the fact that there is no code compliant guardrail. Gotcha. So there are two parts, and we got to deal with both parts. Okay, thank you. And our focus is more on the guardrail issue because that's a life safety issue. Got it. Um, and like what I often see with these things, if you focus on the small stuff first, the big stuff takes care of itself. If they file a permit that deals with the guardrails, as it goes through the system, um, the issue of the legality of the roof deck will, will, will be handled uh, along the process. Sure. Uh, President Tam, Commissioners, Jim, uh, Joe Duffy, um, Secretary to the Bateman Appeals Board. If you don't mind, I'd like to make a suggestion on the I think the wording of a building permit that would be required in this uh, in this instance would be to comply with notice of violation, to reinstall roof deck patio material, and a new guardrail system. If the patio was approved under a previously issued permit, they just reference that permit. You know, um, I looked this morning there briefly before the, the hearing just about records. There are some records in there. It's not sure if it's the same patio, it's a big building. So, you know, there, there might be other patios in the building, but, you know, it does show 42 inches guardrail height, which was the code in effect at that time. So, you know, that's what I think would resolve the issue, and I don't think Mr. McDonald's is opposed to that. Um, but certainly, and if there was patio tile down there and it got taken off because of a leak, you know, it's you would always need a permit to reinstall that again. So if you took it off to fix the leak, we would like to see a permit to put that back. I'm a little concerned that there's just roofing material on a patio and people are walking on it or you're putting furniture on it. It's not a good idea because you're going to get leaks on that roof, you know. So you would want something on there, whether it's tile or some other material that a professional uh, could come up with to design a proper walking surface at that. And indeed, if the patio was use was established back in 80 or 81, Planning Department DBI will recognize that, and that happens all the time in San Francisco because of roofing projects that need done underneath these decks constantly leak. So that, that I just wanted to, hopefully maybe that might help, but, and I'm available as well for questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Duffy. Um, I actually have a few questions here. Um, Mr. Duffy, I think you said you, you looked earlier this morning and what what did you what did you come up with? What was it that you saw that recognized that there was a permit for forty two inch railing? Well, there's, uh, President Tom, there there are um, 
there are a lot of plans. There are drawings. And, you know, um, I saw details for a patio. I saw some patio. I don't know what patio that is in the building. I've never been to the building. Um, I also checked with staff earlier. And, you know, the, one, the other thing that's surprising about this process is that typically when our inspectors will do their research and they can't find it, you know, then they, the applicant is more than welcome to come in and have a conversation and a meeting with us before there's ever a hearing, before there's ever a second notice of violation. So, you know, that, that usually, I don't know why that maybe hadn't happened to this point, like, because we're a long way down the line. But what I would say is, like, you know, having that sit-down meeting with going through the drawings, bringing up these patios and all these details would have been helpful because it might have established it may not have gone this far. So I, I, did, see, I, I did see details on plans from 1980. And were these were approved plans or just yep. plans that were submitted? No, there were plans that, that were approved by the department. Okay. Um, the other question I have with, with these plans, did they have any structural indications that the roof would sustain weight? Because from what I'm hearing with Mr. Niles is that heavy tile has been an issue on this roof, right? Um, was there any structural engineering showing that this roof can sustain occupancy and what type of occupancy? Uh, it's a good question, and I, I didn't notice any structural drawings, but there probably would have been. You know, you, you'd, you'd really need to get into the nitty-gritty of the drawings, but there wouldn't, there, at that time, any engineer that's designing a load on a roof would have to make sure that there's a su supporting system for that tile deck. And I will say that since 1980 to 2022, materials have changed a lot. You know, in those days, people did use those concrete pavers. There's a lot more lighter materials and stuff now, you know, and I would suggest that they maybe think about that. And, um, you know, I'm sure they can get around that. The, and sorry, one other thing is, I um, just have to state that our records in DBI are pretty good. I mean, I have, I mean, we have, uh, we have a records management division. Maybe there was some records lost. I don't think, I like the term, we were throwing records away. But, um, you know, uh, sometimes you're not going to find everything. But um, they're, they're also the planning department records. You can go there and they might have had a hearing on this project. And maybe there's a lot of stuff about the roof deck. So, you know, there's there's a lot more research that you can do to to find a um, the uh, the authorized use of this area. And that's another point that that came to my attention too. Typically, when you apply for a roof deck, um, your drawings you submit with DBI, but planning department would also have to be involved. Was there any indications or any signs from planning department that, um, or Mr. Niles, did you guys have any? Because I see you guys have great record keeping here, um, but for some reason, no application for the roof deck. Or, or the implied roof deck here, or the roof deck in question here, or are there, you know, nor are there any documents from planning department stating that an application was filed for a roof deck? Well, your question goes to the point that we're trying to figure out or look for records from over 40 years ago. When, you know, I, I, I love DBI. I think they have a great management system, but... In 80, the management system wasn't great. It's a different management system now. Um, all we know is that the permit for the roof deck was approved. It was repeatedly approved with follow-up permits. Where, how planning got involved, I can't tell you. Uh, well, is that, that usually would be the process, right? Submit with planning to apply for the roof deck. Then all the plans go to DBI for, you know, um, the safety issues and, and whatnot. So, you know, I, there's no engineering reports for the weight of the roof to see if it can carry a load. Um, the railings, you, Mr. Duffy, you said that you found that there are plans that show railings. 
um, but they're not installed there. Um, I think what what was said was that there was a plan for uh, to reinstall tile and put on hand railings in 2013. Uh, the HOA didn't follow through with it. Um, was that the 2013 permit that was that, was never it was filed but was never issued? Correct. The 1997 permit issued. Um, Commissioner Epler. Thank you. Um, question for the department. Um, you know, Commissioner Summer got to the kind of heart of the two prongs of this, and I guess my question is, if we put aside the permit issue um, um, and uh, only had the uh, issue about railings, would we still have a notice of violation? And if it had not been remedied in a timely fashion, would we still be sitting here today? Um, well, like you'd have to have a permit, a permit that clearly uh, states that there's uh, a legally used uh, roof deck there. But I, I kind of keep coming back to the, the safety issue. If they get a permit for dealing with the railing uh, and show the location and describe the use, and if that goes through the system and that permit gets issued, inspected and signed off, then we'll be happy to close the case. Uh, one follow-up on that. But let me ask that a little differently. If we <clears throat> you know, open up a file cabinet and found that permit right there that said that this was permitted for occupied deck, we would still have a notice of violation in place for the missing railings. Is that Precisely. Correct? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Beadle. Um, I just want to get some of the sequence of events here because it's getting convoluted here. The state, the, the, the condition, and one of the things that's really hard to judge by is the photographs in the staff report don't state the year that these were taken. They're also not very clear. Um, so the question, the question, the issue I'm understanding from DBI is really a safety issue in handrail. Um, am I correct in that? Structural land safety, yes. Okay. So the question to the appellant is that what opened this was it a complaint that opened this nov yes one neighbor complained even though dbi inspected the roof dozens of times over the four which years. is which is which is part of okay that's fine so the question that i because we could go back through 30 40 years of records i mean i think there was i think there's evidence that there was a deck here at some point that was permitted. Um, and I think the current issue is really the safety, you know, of this guardrail. The question to the, the appellant is if you're, you, if you would pursue repairing that, but I is that through the HOA that would be responsible for that because that's part of the exterior? Well, Ms. Wiggett is in the process of applying for the permit, and she met with Mr. Hinchin yesterday, and who's been very helpful in trying to get the permit issued. It will then require Ms. Wiggett, through her counsel, to then force the HOA through the Superior Court to actually do the work in compliance with the 
the, the orders of the court from 1990 saying that HOA has to replace the roof deck tiling. Then I would presume that, that that's outside this issue, but that's Correct. part of her CCNRs, presumably that the HOA takes care of the exterior of the building. Correct. Even if the particular, oh, sorry, even if the particular space is deeded to Ms. Wiggett, would she be financially responsible? Cor yeah. Correct. Yeah. On, yeah. And it got litigated three different times in the Superior Court. So the, the court's order is pretty clear on what the HOA has to do. Yeah. So it depends on the CCNRs. Right, how the CCNRs are interpreted. But that's somewhat, I mean, yeah, that's the same. I, I realize it affects the appellant, which is important, but outside. But I think, it, I think it's material about. to this because I think the appellant or the owner has been trying to pursue that, but it's been part of the problem is the legal uh, battle she's been going through with the HOA. If the HOA is truly responsible for it and they're fighting it, you know, she's, she's pursuing that path. And the fact that she's actually working with DBI to pursue a permit I think that's, that sheds a different optic and light on this. So if the appellant or the property owner wasn't doing anything at all, um, I think that would be a different story. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a catch-22 because if you want to fix something but it's not in your, really your responsibility to do that and you're trying to pursue that but you're you know, you're you're having legal um, obstacles to do that. I think that's right. You're saying the notice of violation is against me, but I am not the person who can fix the issue yes. that the notice of violation is about. Yes. Uh, Commissioner uh, Joe Duffy, DBI again, or uh, Secretary of Department Appeals. Typically, if an applicant can show us that there's litigation going on or a court proceeding. We will. We typically would would stall um, actions. I prefer maybe, but I believe that that's been pretty common practice with DBI. You know, we're not going to keep, you know, enforcing something if there's a reason why someone can't comply. We are reasonable in that approach. I just wanted to clarify that. So, so have they provided that proof to DBI? No, we haven't. We are in. Once we get the permit. Not to <laughs> shed too much. We once we get the permit, we're going to do a demand on the HOA to perform on the permit, uh, and whether it goes to back to Superior Court to enforce the previous order of the court, or it goes to mediation, uh, not mediation, arbitration. It's unclear what the next step would be. It, it's likely just to go back to the Superior Court in an, uh, a motion to enforce. May, may I have one more? Yes, go for it. If, if the HOA's responsibility, if the exterior is the HOA's responsibility to maintain the exterior of this, pro of this building, why is the owner pursuing the permit and not the HOA? I can't tell you why the HOA isn't performing and getting My the permit in the sense I'm, Ms. Wiget is getting the permit because the HOA isn't. Okay. 
No, that's fine. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm asking a question that right. if it's a responsibility of another party for the maintenance of it, presumably that party would seek. I own a condo. On yeah. on the things that are on the exterior of that building, if if it's required, they pursue the approvals for it. Yeah. You know, so that's that's why I'm asking. You're exactly correct. We're just caught in this bind that we want to 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 force the issue. You know work on the permit to resurface the roof and put on guardrails. Commissioner Epplich, are you good? We've started the, well, I mean, 97, we got a permit for retiling in 2013, she tried again. She just started again this week. She's recovered. Miss Wiggett, who's here, is recovering from surgery, so she wasn't able to. We were trying to do it right away, but after last month's hearing, but she went in for surgery. It wasn't sorry. It wasn't clear to us exactly what DBI was saying. In reading the NOV, it it sounds much different than what we're hearing today. In the NOV, they're saying it's an unoccupied roof deck, which is, you know, just not true. It's an, you know, what we would say is a not true statement because for 40 years it's been occupied. Uh, in the failed to unearth permits, we got caught up in other stuff. Um, and we were still stuck with an HOA that wasn't moving. We, during that whole period, we were in contact with the HOA, trying to get them to move forward with the permitting. The HOA did not move. Thank you. Commissioner Vito. Sorry, I'd just like to correct the record there. So there was a, a reference made to the 2013 permit uh, with regard to it uh, dealing with the guardrail. There is no reference to the guardrail in the 2013 permit that was filed, just simply the pavers. So the 2013 permit that was filed does not speak to the guardrail. So it's not material to this issue. And then further earlier questions that you asked, um, the, the efforts being made by the property owner in getting a permit may be because they're claiming they have exclusive uh, use of that roof area. So I guess uh, that kind of pulls them into making efforts to getting the permit. Um, so that concludes my comments. Uh, furthermore, um, if you upheld the order of abatement, uh, it would be recorded on lot 41. And if they had issues with the HOA, the, the order of abatement is a legal document, and they could use that if they had any need to do so. So just making that point. Commissioner Vito, did you have something to say? Well, Inspector Hinton raises a good point that, um, well, first of all, 
the DBI's pursuit of this is really in the interest of safety, but in the interest of the property owner of holding the abatement actually helps their pursuit of those repairs, I would believe. The order, the order of abatement requires Ms. Wiggett to not use her roof deck that she's used for 40 years based on statements that are inaccurate or not meaningful. Un failure to unearth permits 40 years ago when the permitting system was not good. Uh, the... Uh, it's an occupied roof deck, not an unoccupied roof deck. If the department wants to require, you know, the help with getting, forcing tiles be put back down on the roof, great. But does it need to be an order of abatement? I don't think so. And certainly not based on this NOV. Mr. Niles, I think, you know, whether it was occupied for 40 years or it was being used for 40 years doesn't mean that it was also warranted, right? I mean, there's a lot of unwarranted in-laws that's been occupied and it could be unsafe. I think the major issue here is, you know, to have a safe, approved place of use or, or deck of use so that, you know, nobody falls over the sides and nobody falls down these shafts. I mean, I think that's the major question. And more importantly, too, is the structural um, integrity of this roof. Will it be able to hold what type of occupancy? And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, that we would like to see Ms. Wiggett, of course, go through the process and legalize this or, or you know, have it comply with building codes and safety guidelines. Um, so, in, but in doing so, I, you know, as far as the order of abatement, I, I definitely don't want anybody on the roof right now. Personally, I wouldn't want anybody on that roof just for safety concerns. Um, you know, I would, I would move forward with upholding the order of abatement and, you know, providing time that she get sufficient time for her to, or, or a time frame for her to get these permits and go through the process and show that, you know, she would be moving forward with complying with safety codes. I, okay. I have a question. Can the abatement order be upheld without the acknowledgement that in some way it was unwarranted? Because that seems to be one of the issues here. There's two separate issues and Commissioner Sumner has pointed that out and one of them is the, the idea that this was unwarranted and I think there is not a clear picture on whether it was or was not but it is clear that it is unsafe in its current condition. So is there, are, is there a way to do that? Well I, I can speak to that from the, the board's perspective but uh, DBI should also respond. So the board has the authority to modify an order of abatement so you could articulate the specific conditions that you find exist to support whatever you're going to mandate in the order of abatement. But DBI should speak to whether or not that. Can, you, can right you say that one more time? I'm sorry. Uh, the, the board has the ability so it can uphold, reverse, or modify an order of abatement. You have the authority to modify the order of abatement to make specific findings that you that the board finds would support the order in this case. So we could differentiate between the 
the non-permitted use of the deck versus the the guardrail and the, the tiling issues. After you do, after you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you done, Commissioner Newman? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was ahead. just going to respond to that. So, the language in the hour of abatement says, all permits required for compliance of this violation must be completed and final in 30 days. That allows, if they come with any permit, if they find an old permit uh, that says there was a, a roof deck there, and they present that to the planning department, and they present us with a permit that's issued that deals with a guardrail and other issues, and once that permit is signed off, we, we can close the case. The hour of abatement is, is open enough that it allows for whatever required permits that they can obtain. You're saying that in, in a way that implies that that evidence has not already been presented. And I, I feel as though there, I know that there is not, we don't have the permit in hand that shows really clearly roof deck, but we have a lot of permitting over time that shows what alludes to, or what I would say alludes to, that there was an approved roof deck at, the, at this location. So uh, as they go through the permitting process for anything that relates to a guardrail and other issues, then they can present all that supporting document. If the planning department accepts it and they've finished up with an issued permit and that permit gets inspected and signed off, we close the case. But the other, well, or if, because you're, you're saying if, or if they do not agree with that, then we're right back where we started. And I guess I, I, I'm hesitant to, you know, say that it's definitive that it was not a previously approved deck based on the information that we have. Well, you see, the, the notice of violation was allowing for all of that. We're not saying uh, that there are no records for a roof deck. We're saying we haven't found any, but the appellant, if they come up with documents that we're not aware of, and as part of a permitting process for a guardrail and other issues, that can be presented through that process that can facilitate the issuing of a permit. Right, but I think the process has already been gone through. The, no, that's, that's our issue, our issue. There is no permit. Uh, they, they acknowledge in 2013 by filing a permit for the pavers. That is acknowledgement there's a problem at the roof. There are no permits since then filed or issued that right. in any way deal with this unsafe condition. Sure, well, and it sounds like it's this fight has been ongoing for a long time. And there's been other issues and you know things delaying that i, I guess I, I would just based on what we've seen and talked about it seems to me well okay i think there's a couple things if this was previously approved at some point as a roof deck and i don't think there's enough evidence to say that it was not it seems like there are permits over time that show use as a deck whatever uh if if those permits, you know, and we, we don't have them, so this is a difficult thing about this. If they showed a guardrail and that guardrail had been removed, I agree, yes, that's a safety issue, you have to replace it. I also obviously want guardrails and safety at roof decks. I also don't think we, we, we can't walk around to every previously approved San Francisco rooftop and say, you need to stop and install a roof, a, a guardrail, right? We don't, we don't do that. So, so to me, it's what was approved and what is there, and do those match up? 
So I, I mean, and maybe I'm talking to you, Commissioner Cam, as a discussion that I would be comfortable upholding a, a portion of this order of abatement, but potentially not the whole thing. Sort of like what modify, modify what what Miss Newman was saying. And if we, you know, if we're we're down this path, we're talking about guardrails. There might have been guardrails approved before. There there might not have. We're not really sure. And we want to say we want to make this a safe condition. And that's sort of the position we are deciding upon. O okay. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't. I would I would hesitate to formally I don't know what we do rule acknowledge <laughs> that um, that there was you know no roof deck in this location based on the the information that we have seen. I I would agree with you, Commissioner Summer, but I would I would also instead of upholding it a, a motion to continue this on and ask the appellant to bring back. Um, you know, uh, proof of the work that they've done to pursue a building permit and also the state at which they're uh, pursuing this work with the HOA. Um, so I would, my, my gut is to, my sense based on what I'm hearing, this is really a complicated, you know, case that we're dealing with and I'm trying to stick to the issue, which th is the safety issue that the inspector brought up, which is the guardrail. The fact that they're pursuing it, you know, in good faith, but also that there's an HOA that's involved in this, you know, I, I just don't want to make a definitive decision yet and continue it on for a certain amount of time to allow them to show that. So I don't know how that, that would. I think, did you, did you have something to say? Please. Appellant's counsel has completely misrepresented, both in writing and here today, the efforts of the association to satisfy the judgment, as well as the findings that resulted from the litigation history and the court, um, and, and the court decisions. They're completely misrepresented. They're completely contradicted by the public record. Um, I thought for certain when they had another month to uh, reapply that uh, they would go and correct some of their errors, but they have not. But the point that I want to speak very urgently to is that I don't believe that it is the board's role to determine whether or not there was a permit. DBI already determined that there wasn't and I want to explain a bit how they went about that. Um, in 2016. In 2016. I'm the only I'm the only person in the right. room that can speak to what the association did when. Sir, it's I, it's I, up I, to the, the chair to determine how much comment he wants to allow at this I point. So I'm, right. I'm I'm not opposing that, but the, the I believe the chair. I, I believe we, we have we, we understand where you're coming from. Um, no, I haven't said it yet. Thank you. He, Thank he, you. Thank. I believe we understand where you're coming from. There, I, we understand that the department has done all due diligence in determining that. You know, our 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 main focus right now too is the life safety issue here. Yes, um, which is and so you know we're trying to determine right now, you know, how to move forward with this to allow to figure out how to maneuver this so that. The life safety aspect of this is 
There are minutes is from addressed. the meeting. There are minutes from the meeting with DBI between the association DBI. The association. Sir, I'm sorry. We've already had public comment, and so unless there's a question from the board. Earlier. Thank you so much. Thank you. Commissioner Evans. Um, sure. Um, you know, I I think I'm I'm more in favor of uh, the path that uh, Commissioner Sommer is uh, leading us down, and the reason why. Um, <sighs> property ownership is complicated, and you have HOAs, and these situations exist, you know, in any case that will come before us in some way, shape, form, or fashion, unless you know you are in the single-family occupancy home. And the fact of the matter is, is that this process has been dragging on for quite some period of time, and I don't want to reward people who are in safety violation for stretching out the process by alleviating the fee structure and the process that we have in order to, you know, impose fees and the cost on the department when, you know, notices of violation for life safety things are not complied with, regardless of the circumstances. It's always going to be difficult. There's always going to have to be a money expenditure. There may have to be conversations and permits and conversations with neighbors, even if they're not in an HOA. Those circumstances to me are kind of irrelevant to what it is that we're looking at right now because there's always something. And, you know, I'm uh, an attorney myself and, you know, I'm managing a couple litigations and these things are messy and they take time and it's, you know, it's a cost of, for lack of another thing, doing business. And so, you know, I feel that it is our responsibility to, um, you know, I, I agree, the permitting is all over the place and uh, very inconclusive. And I, I understand the department's perspective that if you correct the safety thing, the rest of it takes care of itself. Whether we say there's no permit or we just ignore it entirely, I think that it gets to a good place. And so I am much in favor of amending the uh, notice of violation to focus solely on the railing and the public safety aspect and then, you know, approving the notice of violation. Is that, Commissioner Epler, is that modifying the violation? Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, that's correct. Would we mean uphold the order of abatement and, modi uh, and modify, uphold the order of abatement and modify or, or you know, it, um, include terms for correction? That's right. And time frames? Yes, of course. Do you want to, you want to set that motion? Well, I, 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 I mean, I, we can have more discussion before we give the direct motion right. in case, you okay. know. I mean, I, I, I expect one of you to have a better idea than I do. I would be fine with that. Okay. I'm good with that too. You want to set the motion? Or how would we word this? <laughs> so just to be clear, so we can articulate what the uh, the board's findings are. So the board, based on the discussion, is that the board is finding that the um, safety violations with respect to the railing um, exist as alleged in the notice of violation. And so the board would be upholding the order of abatement on that basis, but it would not be upholding it based on the um, unpermitted use of the roof deck. Um, and so then it's a question of um, the timeline you're gonna put for acquiring the permits or the, the guardrails. And complying with the safety requirements that we have. I agree with that. I think that's a good way to 
And what and in regards to time frame, what would be a time frame to show? So generally, with, with safety violations like this, it, it is 30 days to start the process. Okay. <coughs> Pursuant to the code. To start the process. Right. It says to, uh, to begin the process. So motion to uphold the order of abatement. Wait, oh, uh, sorry, um, uh, Joe Duffy, Secretary of Abatement Appeals Board. The only issue that I would have is, and I brought it up earlier, the roofing material, there was a tile deck there. If there it looks like if there was a patio, it wasn't the roofing material. You just didn't walk out onto a tar and gravel roof. You know, there would have been some material. So what I would ask for is a code compliant um, patio material if they prove that tar and gravel roofing is okay that that would be okay but we would we we're just not I'm not comfortable with people walking around on a tar and gravel roof it's just going to cause more trouble right. so I would ask that we you know maybe it was legal and I get that but they did re remove the tile and we now we have an on the, the building inspector that wrote this notice of violation did call it an unoccupied roof area because it appears it was roofing material with patio furniture sitting on it so if you can amend if you're going to put some language in a code compliant um, patio uh, and railing, ma railing and material for material the roof. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, patio material. Just yes. make one statement. Yes, go for it. I guess this this statement is to the appellant's counsel. Is that one of the things that m has made this confusing, at least for myself? I don't know about my other fellow commissioners. Is that this is a condo, and I and I read through your 12-page brief, it's not clear what their responsibility is in this. We were, yes, we did not address HOA versus the, the appellant in the, in the brief. I apologize, we just didn't. Well, we to me, it's, 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 it's part of who is actually responsible for taking care of it. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was to, to, to your client's detriment that that wasn't part of your brief because that HOA should have been part of this discussion because ultimately an HOA takes care of the outside of, of a building like this. Well, but the, but the notice of violation was issued to the... To I understand, but it's still material that it's not her responsibility to fix the exterior of a building if, the HOA, if it's the HOA's responsibility. But I don't know the terms of the HOA, so I will say that also. Right. right. I, I would just direct you to, in in our briefing, which is, I grant you, long and voluminous, uh, is that the court records show that it's the HOA's responsibility to replace the, the tiling and presumably to install the handrail, which is being triggered by this lack of tiling. Back to the motion. I'd like to uphold the order of abatement with the modification that Ms. Wiggett seeks the required permits to comply with safety, railing, and the roofing material guidelines um, within 30 days. Okay, so is there a second? So there's a motion and a second to uphold the order of abatement with the modification to comply with the uh, seeking a permit to comply with the guardrails and roofing guidelines within 30 days and a second by Commissioner 
know me. Do a roll call. And I'll do a roll call vote. President Tam? Yes. Uh, Vice President Epler? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Beto? No. Commissioner Newman? Commissioner Summer? Yes. Let's see. So with four votes, that motion passes. Thank you. Uh, the next item on the agenda is general public comment. Is there any public comment in the audience? But it's not referring to this case, right? Okay. It's open general comment. It is disturbing that the complainant in such a matter has so little time to comment. I'm not going to comment on the specifics of what happened today. I understand that's not appropriate, but greater voice has to be given to somebody in my position, both as the complainant as, and as the person referenced erroneously in this uh, uh, brief. Um, I have a very detailed understanding of the history here, but there was no way to inject it into this decision. And much of the discussion here has suffered because of it. Hopefully, in the weeks to come, I will be able to provide communication to DBI in order to clarify that. Thank, Thank you. I would also like to say that I, I tried to uh, uh, do public comment, and I was on time then at the virtual meeting, but couldn't, I don't know how the navigation happened, but there were problems, and I, I was not heard. Um, and so, you know, I was late today. That's my fault, so I wasn't heard. But um, I, I do think that it, it seems amazing to me this is 40 years on, and that um, owners, I, I'm confused how owners and HOAs, why the HO, you know, HOAs aren't being forced to do the things that they're supposed to do, and then the owners will take care of their element. But in terms of being heard, it, you know, the, the, um, the, the um, I brought photographs and everything, but anyway, uh, it's the, um, it's the process of, of the virtual meetings that are hard to navigate unless you're an iPhone expert, <laughs> and I am anything but. And I think a lot of elderly people are not real uh, savvy with tech. So, thank you. Is there any online virtual public comment? Seeing none, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next item. Oh, I'm sorry, did you? allowing me to speak. I'm Pamela Wiggett. Closer Wiggett. to the mic now. I'm the owner of the Can property. you come closer to the mic? Oh, I'm Pamela Wiggett. I'm the owner of the property. Um, and um, I'd like to tell you, or I'd like to tell you that it's been 15 years since the order was issued by the court. And the HOA has taken me to court, has, I mean, this gentleman has taken me to court uh, again to try to uh, uh, get rid of that, um, that uh, judgment. And, um, and 
when that didn't work, he's going through DBI to um, stop my use of the deck. And I, in desperation, I am the one who is um, trying to get a, a permit for, um, uh, for things that really are the responsibility of the HOA, such as life and safety and railings. Those railings uh, are, I mean, like my I'm sorry, Ms. Wiggett, this is general public comment. Um, okay. We've granted you a lot of leeway, but it needs to just be, it, it can't be about the matter that was previously heard. Oh, okay, sorry. Thank you, Ms. Wiggett. Is there any other general public comment? Okay, so the next item on the agenda is adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn? Move to adjourn. All in favor? Aye. Time is 1023. We will reconvene as the BIC in a few minutes.